Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. in this world who regularly put things off. We don't do them, even though doing them would make our lives or somebody else's life a whole lot better or much more healthy. In the New Testament Gospels, when Jesus talks about people being made well, it often has to do less with some miraculous medical cure and much more to do with being whole or being sound at the center. So in my message today, I want you to hear a little bit of the impatience that Jesus displays in one scene of John's gospel. We can often be our own worst enemies when it comes to being made whole or taking the necessary steps to becoming a more whole person. And as you'll hear in this story in just a moment, Jesus gets a little bit short with a man who has had an obviously rough life, 
with some kind of disability of significance. It is a story that does not involve faith or belief, so pay special attention in that light. What we're going to hear is simply God working a miracle through Jesus for this troubled man. So listen up, if you will, here to John, the fifth chapter, beginning at the first verse. There was a festival of the Jewish people, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Hebrew Bethesda, which has five porticos. In these porticos lay many sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed people. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that the man had been there for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made whole? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into this pool when the water gets stirred up, and while I am making my way, every time someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to the man, Stand up, take your mat, and walk. And at once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. Now, perhaps you sensed a little impatience on the part of Jesus as he responded to this sick man. But let's take a deeper dive now to explore that. And as you listen to this message of mine, try to identify what it is that is unhealthy in your life. What is keeping you from being whole? And I don't just mean medically or bodily speaking, but in all facets of your life. And by the time this message concludes, I hope you'll be asking yourself, what am I waiting for? Or what steps do I need to do to become a healthier and more whole person? Take a listen. Well, I have a question for you today, and I'm going to keep peppering it, you with it throughout the course of this sermon. It may sound like a religious question. It's not a religious question. And it's this. Do you want to be made whole? Or put differently, do you want to take the steps that might be necessary to make you whole? This is actually a Jesus question. Of course, you heard it just a moment ago in that story of this disabled individual who had a rough life for almost four decades. And Jesus turns to him, laying there by, by the side of this pool of healing waters. And he says to him, do you want to be made whole? So let's borrow that question and ask it of ourselves, ask it of each other, if we may. And I'm asking that Jesus question of you and of myself, not because I believe, for those of you that live with a debilitating disease or cancer, or you know someone who does, I'm, I'm not posing this question because there's some miraculous cure that you're unaware of or have yet to discover. No, I'm asking it because many of us live with all kinds of unhealthiness. 
all kinds of sickness. It could be in our households. It could be in our bodies. It could be in our spirits. It could be in our relationships. There's unhealthiness in more than just our bodies. And sometimes, it seems to me, we cannot imagine an alternative to our condition. Or put differently, we're not willing to take the steps that are necessary to get out of our circumstance or whatever is unhealthy about our lives. Again, there may be indeed no healing in an immediate sense on the horizon for someone with Parkinson's or with ALS or with cancer of, a, of an egregious sort. But there is a way, I am convinced, to be whole, even in the midst of deep affliction, even in the midst of things that are not working in our favor. To be whole on the inside, to be at peace in your center, to have God deeply shaping the core of your life to enjoy a certain congruency or harmony between your insides and your outsides. This is what I mean when I speak of being made whole. And it occurs to me that we can come up with a hundred, I mean a thousand excuses for not doing something in our lives. We do this all of the time. Even if doing that something would be good for our health or good for our well-being, we just come up with these excuses for not to do them. There's a pile of clothes about four feet from the foot of my bed, and I will confess to you, it's been there for about two months. There's no reason that it has to be there, and it's not the only pile of mine in our household. But I have all kinds of excuses, and most of them center around time, or available time, as I would put it. So I don't know exactly how to say this, but I think we get attached to some of our unhealthiness. We get attached to some of our neediness. We get stuck in a rut, and we don't know how to break out of that into some new territory, into some new uh, patterns of behavior. Do you want to be made whole? Or do you want to take the steps that might be required in order for your life to be more whole? Perhaps you know somebody who, in your estimation, should definitely move out of their house. Either because of their age, or because of their place in life, or because of the number of steps in that house. And the owner of that house says, yeah, I know I probably should, but I just can't really bear the thought of leaving this place. I've lived here for a long time, you know. Or that friend of yours who refuses to get better because she refuses to listen to her doctor. If I have to take that pill, or if I have to receive that shot, or if I have to use that cane, I'm not interested in getting any more whole, any better. I'm not interested in being made well. Or someone you may know who even with the most modest cleaning of the house would have a certain spring to their step, a brightness to their life that they don't currently know. Yeah, I, I, just, I just don't seem to ever get around to it. Or someone who quit physical therapy 
or didn't fill a prescription because it's just too much of a hassle. Maybe you know someone in a toxic relationship who's living with so much more abuse than they deserve. Well, I just sort of figure it's probably not the time to rock the boat. You know what I mean? Now, if you were to pop in on any of these lives, or if someone were to pop in on your life, they could well ask the question, what are you waiting for? Just as you could ask the question, what are you waiting for? Well, we know the answer to that question before we even ask it. They're not waiting for anything. They're just stuck in this unhealthy situation. And they're paralyzed by it. They don't know how to move into more wholeness. If you're a proactive person, a person of action, it is the hardest thing in the world to watch. People who are stuck in a circumstance or languishing in a situation that they don't have to be in. But before you excuse yourself, or before I excuse myself, from ever having made an excuse to cover over some paralysis or some inaction on, on our own part. Let's look at the story of Jesus quickly. It takes place by the pool of Bethesda, this pool which supposedly has these waters when they get stirred up by some mysterious force. They have curative powers for a brief moment. And here's this man who's sitting, uh, laying, I should say, on a mat beside this pool, and he spent 38 years there. Sometimes the scriptures get very particular. 38 years, this guy is laying as an invalid, as someone with some kind of disability, unable to get himself into the pool. And he believes that his only possibility for being healed is for someone to lift him up carry him, set him in the water when the waters are stirred up and all will be well. Evidently, there's a scramble every time the waters do stir up. There's a race, if you were. It's like, you know, people scrambling for coins that have been tossed on the ground and everybody diving for them. And the guy gets edged out. Jesus says to him, do you want to be made whole? And instead of the guy saying, yeah, sure, I would love for you to touch me. I would love to have a brand new life. I want to be well. He whines. He shares some self-pity. Sir, as it happens, no one ever puts me into the water. They climb right over me. They leave me behind. I get no help. I am in a pathetic situation. And indeed, it's not a good situation. This guy is stuck. He can't see any route to being made whole except for one, namely, someone putting him in the water. Jesus, for his part, he doesn't take his strong arms, lift this individual up, set him in the water. No, he says, stand up right now, rise, take up your mat, and walk. In other words, stop waiting for other people to carry you. Quit believing that other people are your problem. Stop waiting for other people not to be in your way. Grab that smelly mat 
that you're stuck to, pick it up and walk. Jesus has a way of cutting to the chase, a man of more action than inaction, I suppose. Enough complaining. Do you want to be made whole or not? Are the implications of his words. Jesus is disinterested in excuses or self-pity. The question we probably ought to be asking ourselves for all of those situations and circumstances in our lives that are unhealthy. We ought to be asking what they ask in 12-step programs. Do you want it real bad? Because that's what it comes down to. Are you willing to do what's necessary? Take the steps that might be required to be sound again as a person, to be well, to be whole. How hungry are you for change? Do you really want a stronger and a more positive relationship with that best friend in your life? Or do you mostly just think about it? But I'm pretty sure asking the questions is about more than our personal lives as well. We ought also to ask how serious we really are about making our society more whole and whether we have any investment in that project. Do you really want to help alleviate poverty and homelessness, we could ask? Do you really want to make any effort or play any role in reducing your fear of people who might be different than you? Do you really want to play any part in tamping down racial hatred in this country? Do you really care about how awash our communities and our cities are in handguns and senseless violence? I'm not always sure we're ready to be changed or to be made whole. I don't think it's our first impulse. Are we really interested in alleviating hunger or getting everybody some health care or you name it? Or is our chief concern what we might be paying at the grocery store or what our taxes might become or what our gas prices have risen to. I don't know the answer to all these things, but as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm pretty sure that resolve beats excuses or self-pity or complaining. And when all is said and done with our lives, we want to be able to see that there was more done than just more said. In this story of the man by the pool of Bethesda, I will remind you there is no hint of faith anywhere in the story. It is not a story about believing. God helps even those who don't ask for it. And this is what's so amazing. The guy didn't even ask to be healed. And sometimes I think we think it's faith that works miracles. No, it's not faith that works miracles. It's God that works miracles. And about ten verses after the story, Jesus says, you know what? God is still working. And I am still working too. Not sitting on his duff, but busy and in action wanting to help us become whole.
So here's my word for you on this day. There's a table up here, and there's some stuff on this table that has to do with your becoming whole and me as well. So in a few minutes, you're going to be invited to come where there's healing offered, where there's wholeness uh, shared. And I assure you, no one will get in your way. No one will step right over you. You just have to bring forward whatever mat is stuck to your life or to your body. Whatever mat is halting your steps, blinding your perspective, keeping you from taking some action that you ought to be taking, causing you to make excuses, bring whatever mat might tempt you to even think in the language of self-pity. Pick it up. Rise. Walk forward. If you're in a chair with wheels, roll forward and be made whole. Jesus is waiting for us to choose to be made whole. Amen.
So join me now in praying that one prayer that our Lord has taught us. As together we say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And go with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.